the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm not ready to go. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, hold on a second. You got your notes? What do you do with my notes, kid? What notes? Full <laughs> of trippy music. I'm going to rock morning. out for a little bit. I'm not ready to say, go this yet. Is, yeah. And no, it's I July. don't know this song. I should be I on vacation. Gonna, what song is this? Are you going to ask? Oh, uh, don't even tell me. You're joking with me. No clue. Oh, Never heard this song. Is. Don't even know. Sound a little trippy in the beginning. <laughs> well, see if you know this next one. Is... Well, this is this is the Rolling Stones. Game. Chairman Jerome Powell. Thank you for being with us today, Chairman Powell. I am a vocal advocate for putting our federal government on a more sustainable fiscal path. You think we need that? Our federal debt now Absolutely. stands at twenty-two trillion. More than $22 trillion. Interest on that debt is a big federal spending item amounting to about $360 billion last year. That was approximately 8% of all federal spending. Interest on the debt is becoming the fastest rising element of our federal budget. Our net interest expense could increase substantially if and when interest rates eventually return to more historically typical levels. It seems possible that we might even soon spend more on interest than on our national defense. That's Because we have to in order to service our debt. The president's own budget from 2018 forecasted that net interest expense will exceed defense discretionary spending by 2026. It looks like the federal deficit this year will exceed $1 trillion, as it will in the next several years after that, based on current prediction, predictions. It is hard to see how the federal government can issue that much new debt without further driving up interest rates. Uh, one of your predecessors once said, there is no question that as deficits go up, it does affect long-term interest rates. He continued, a rise in the debt increases the amount of interest expenses, which in turn increases the debt still further, and there is an accelerating pattern 
after you reach a certain point of no return. So where is that point Could of no you talk return? With us today so let's hear Jeff. Let's hear Jerome Powell's answer. To financial st- stability He's testifying. Our current fiscal House. Path, and in particular, current federal spending. A... I think um, the United States federal budget is on an unsustainable path hmm. uh, in the sense that um, spending is growing faster than the economy and, and ultimately he ma- it, it becomes unsustainable at some point. Spending? Yeah. See, he made a mistake. It's, right. It's, it's debt that's that raising. Um, Would not surprise me if it was spending <laughs> too <laughs> with our well, politicians. The whole point is spending is spending debt. Yeah. So what's the solution, Gerald? More taxes. <laughs> This is what everyone's concerned about, or a lot of people are concerned, is why isn't anyone in our Congress worried about the deficit? What are your views about the federal... federal now, I wonder what, you know... Because they're more worried about other things. You know, Ross Perot died this week. Right? right? What, would he, what do you think he would be saying right now? Ugh. He was a smart man. So, you know, here's a quote by Ross Perot um, when he was talking about the Mexican trade agreement, you know, the NAFTA that Trump just got rid of, right? Um, you implement the NAFTA, the Mexican trade agreement, where the pay people, this is, he said this in 1992, um, where you pay people a dollar an hour, have no health care, no retirement, no pollution control, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you're going to hear a giant sucking sound of jobs being pulled out of our country right at the time when we need the tax base to pay the debt and pay down the interest on the debt and get to our house back in order. Imagine what he'd be saying today. Mm-hmm. Well, there was articles this week because he passed about how he really paved the way for Trump being a billionaire that was self-created businessman, you know, and that reform that you needed a non-politician to be making decisions. There we go. So basically, he's saying the point of no return. It's not, so what, sounds like we're already so there. What he basically said was, you know, <laughs> he didn't give a, a, a point of no return, but he said way out in the future. Well, that's not that's exactly. Right. <laughs> um, there has to be, I think, in principle, a point of no return. Mm. See, no that's one like is really someday. worried about it, right? All but right. that sounds so, like that. It's someday. It's going to happen. So we'll talk. So. The question is, are you worried about it? You know, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uncertainty right now of when this next economic downturn is going to happen. Right. And the idea that we've been talking about on this show for years is not that you can time it, not that you can that anybody has the answer. The question is, what can you do? What is in your control that gives you the peace of mind that you will be okay 
not if it happens, but when it happens, Carrie. So we'll talk about today. Why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. We're here between 9 and 10, here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in your retirement years. And we hope to give make you aware of issues that maybe you weren't before and understand that there are choices and there are ways to address problems maybe that you haven't heard of. And we are sponsored by the estate planning team. The estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we've been helping people solve problems, save money, um, and helping people in the greater Cleveland area for more than 34 years. We are known for comprehensive, detailed, customized plans that coordinate with your existing or other advisors to get the best results possible. But we also have hourly planning options for people who want help and want that unbiased objective analysis. So when you're making a decision, you know the long-term effect and you can say, hey, if this happens, then I know the long-term effect. Or if I pick A, this is um, this is the impact in the future. And that's whether it's taxes, spending, and all of those issues. Um, the estate planning team are A-rated and accredited members of the Better Business Bureau, and we've won the Super Service Award multiple times on Angie's list. And we do offer a free, no-obligation consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different. Um, you can come in person, or we can do consultations by phone. And we ask that you fill out a short worksheet, and we actually sit down with you and run some preliminary analysis so you can see where you're headed. Are you underspending, over? overspending? Are there opportunities you're missing out on? And most cases that come in have some opportunity or um, that they're missing out on. And oftentimes the things that people are worried about, they shouldn't be. And they're not even aware of the things that in their plan or that can affect the longevity of their plan that they should be worried about. And I know today, Mark, you're going to talk about um, planning and the things that can affect your plan. And it's about knowing what adjustments you need to make. And we we build conservative, realistic, long-term plans. And you can come in for a free consultation or get more information about who we are and what we do um, by calling 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website, financialfoodforthought.com. I do have the fall planning classes posted on the website Um, So make sure you register early. And that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Back to school already, Carrie? No, not even. I'm not talking about that until August. Well, I just, yeah. Well, this is not too far. You know, I had some people ask if we had classes, so we already had people signed up. So I said, might as well. Yeah. All right. Um, Again, if you don't want to, you know, if you can't attend the classes, you can always come in for consultation. Um, what else? You know, so I'm going to talk about, yeah, how do you build your plan R? So plan R is our, you know, ac- you know, our little nickname for an alternate financial plan, right? You mm-hmm. know, a model that looks at a worst case scenario than perhaps your base case scenario or plan A. In other words, that everything is going just fine, right? Mm-hmm. And plan R, we could say it's, you know, stands for recession or sometimes we call it recovery or resuscitation. Right. <laughs> Whatever. It's just the idea that says, all right, I've got my plan A going. But just for fun, what happens if that other shoe does fall? Mm-hmm. And it especially becomes important if that that economic downturn. And I'm not see, see Craig, I'm not saying what it is. Right, you're not I, saying I'm, correction. You're I'm, not. Well, saying, I, I will say it's not a correction. A right, stock market corrections happen all the time. Right, but you're not saying it's a recession. I'm not. It could be a U.S. recession. 
could be a global recession that's bad enough to affect right. us on our shores. It could be the end of the bull market, you know, mm-hmm. a bear market crash, you know, that is, you know, very similar in, you know, hardship to recessions, you know. Okay. Which are, um, but in either case, it's all those are long overdue. Right. All right. Um, so the idea is if that does happen in a time period that you were going to go through a major financial uh, change, mm-hmm. so, um, it could be when you're retiring. Okay. It could be when you were planning on buying a house. Mm-hmm. It could be when you were planning on paying for your children's college education. Right. Okay. It could be when you were planning a Hawaii trip, whatever. You know, the idea is, you know, that are you staying up at night being concerned that you can't do those things anymore because you're so, you know, concerned about this next economic downturn. And a lot of people are saying, I don't know, you know, that's a common reason why people call us where they're worried about that or even existing clients, Mark, people who have a good plan that's saying maybe. And I remember it was election year. Um, Which one? 2016. 2016, where Mm -hmm. a lot of people that January were calling saying, I think it's coming. I want to see, does that change my retirement date? Does that change my spending? Where January, February, we're getting those networks and they wanted to see that. So even our existing clients that may have seen something, maybe they're concerned about what's happening in the news, things they're hearing, where if you have a good base case that you can model, it's easy to go in and model in these different things to know, hey, what do I need to do if these bad things I'm worried about happen? And am I going to be okay? Do I not need to make adjustments? Sometimes people actually are really worried about it. And you know what? Even if it happens, they're going to be just fine. It's not going to affect right. their spending. It's not going to affect their plans. But right. at least then then they have a way to know. Right. So they don't have the, that knee-jerk reaction or panic. Which a lot of people do, the right. emotional decisions. Right. Um, now, you, maybe you're in the camp that believes, you know, we just heard from Chairman Powell, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you're in the camp that believes that him and his, you know, colleagues uh, running the central banks of not only the U.S. but the world are so smart that they figured it out. In other words, that we will never have another U.S. recession. That would be terrific. Yeah. And and some people think they have they have figured it out, you know, after studying And, you know, from the Great Depression on and, you know, the 11 recessions we've had, you know, since World War II, right, right. that they figured it out. In other words, they can control monetary policy to the point where we don't have to be worried. Now, now, some people smile when I say that. But that's true. It's okay. You hope for the best, but you have to plan for the worst. But but let's so so maybe you're not in. I call that the Alfred E. Newman camp. Right. I'm so I'm so mad that, you know, Mad Magazine's closing. I I saw the headline on that. Yeah. You know. That's been around they, a long time. They had a longer run than any of the Republicans or the Democrats, right? Um, you know, talk about a, a, a yeah. I think started in the sixties. Did it? Um, I know at one point at its peak in the early seventies, they had two million subscribers. Oh my god! I was one of them for okay. a short period of time. I I don't know if I still have. I think my mom threw those magazines out, but you know, when she cleaned out the house. But you know, um, yeah. I, I oh, I did you do you don't even remember? I Mad had magazine. one one, and it was. One magazine and it had some kind of like racy stuff, and I was younger and like no, yeah, well, yeah, it was know, a little well, racy for well, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean the the artists <laughs> of the of the, you know the, they had a list of famous comic book artists. Yeah. I mean they all went on. To, oh yeah, to, some to, stuff was funny, but then there was a little yeah, and I yeah, 
That was the last um, one my parents let me have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, my parents weren't worried about the Mad magazines in my oh, under my bed. Right. I'm sure they're worried about some of the other things. Um, now, so anyway, so I'm you know sorry to hear that Mad Magazine is shutting its doors after a 60 year run. Um, but you know, all good things come to an end, right? But um, anyways, back to so what was I talking about? Oh, you know, are you in that camp? They all, right. You know what me worry. Um, well, you could say, well, Mark, no, that's ridiculous. You know, the Fed, you know, the Fed's not that smart that they can, you know, be the first, you know, major nation to successfully eliminate recessions. But if you think that there's no recession in sight, you know, a lot of people right. are in that camp, meaning that you, you think it's still four or five years out. Well, you know, we are now in the longest expansion in U.S. history. You know, in July, right. we reached 121 months, the longest ever, you know, over 10 wow. years. So if you add five more as you're on and you're saying, OK, so we're we're down to one recession recession every 15 years is that kind of eliminating them that's pretty good all right um now but if you're in the camp that you think that we could have that economic downturn in the next two to three years all right that's when we say well maybe if if you're in that camp that you want to start building a plan r and just you know and just say that you know that we're going to model we're going to create a different financial model that is not going to just assume everything's going strong for the next 2 to 3 years you know it's more the idea that we look and say okay if there is this economic downturn now you know how bad is how steep is it going to be um well that's where you can you know you could you know tell the robot right um, how bad you want it to be. I mean, you know, and whether, maybe it is a bear market. I don't know. There's been 11 of those since, you know, 1965. You know, that's a typically where you right. have 20% or more decline in the stock market, right? The average time from market peak to trough to full recovery is about, you know, 1,000 days or about three years. In, in other words, so, Carrie, when you're doing this, if you're doing this at home and you're, and you're going to tell your robot to model in an economic downturn, that's the idea. You want to book the loss, right? right. And, and, and then you want to book the zero, like you maybe say, well, I'm going to book an X percent loss in year one, right. then 0% in year two, and then maybe half of what I'm normally getting in year three, right. and then maybe by year four, I'm back to normal. Right. It's that you know peak to trough to recover. Right. right, and you can do whatever you want. That's the nice thing of customization. Right, and so, and, and, and again, so if you're, now, if you're saying that recessions, you know, typically a drop from the peak is about a 22% decline. Like I said, very similar to a bear market crash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were a 60-40 allocation, right. and you're saying, okay, 60% of my nest egg is going to have, you know, a 22% drop. Okay, so you're saying you want your loss you want to do a 13 or 14 percent loss you know in that okay. year one right and then you know maybe you go from there and say okay the, you know now if you're only a 50 50 okay well then maybe you're booking a 10 to 11 percent loss okay. right now if you want to go if, if you want to really take off the rose colored glass glasses and look at make it look at, make it, look at a really bad case and say we're going to have another you know lost decade where you know from the period of 1998 to the 2008 we had two 50 percent drops in the s p ouch okay now your 50 50 portfolio you, you you mark that in that will that will change your mind about retirement, perhaps. Now, had that, that never happened before, by the way, where we had two 50% drops in the S&P in 10 years. Could it ever happen again? Don't know. I don't know. Um, so the idea is, uh, you, know, you know, how bad do you want to model it in? Um, you know, and, you know, the idea is, okay, let's, you know, let's see what's happened. Now, 
Now, there's also a lot of, you know, like I not a lot of consensus out there, but, you know, there's other things that are happening that are saying, well, maybe it's not a U.S. recession. You know, the technical definition is two negative GDP quarters, you know, back okay. to back, right? So we're nowhere near that right now, right? Um, we'll get, By the way, we should be getting second quarter GDP numbers, I believe, July 26, Carrie. Um, okay. So I'm very interested. You know, the first quarter was fine, you know, mm-hmm. it was, you know, 3%. Um, 2018 ended, I think, just right at 3%, right. maybe 2.99 or whatever. So, you know, we're nowhere near negative, but are we seeing a reversal, right? You know, mm-hmm. will second quarter be closer to 3% or 2%? Right. That's what I think a lot of people, and, and maybe that's what the Federal Reserve, Jerome, and, uh, and his buddies are going to be looking at before their July 31st meeting where people are anticipating, will they cut rates, right? right. Um, you know, any to expand, to keep this expansion going. Um, so, you know, we can look at that, but there's other, you know, other, you know, people talk about, well, it's not maybe just a technical definition of a, you know, GDP, U.S. GDP recession. What about an earnings recession? You know, the idea that where there's two consecutive quarters of year over corporate earnings declines, you know, so some people look at that as a leading indicator, Mm -hmm. right? Um, how about a balance sheet recession? Sometimes we hear talk about a balance sheet recession. That's where companies are holding high levels of cash, Carrie. They're fearful of investing it in people and capital and things, you know, because of they think the the shoe's going to fall, right? right? Um, so it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You know, they, they, they tighten their belt before things are really right. bad, and that kind of leads to things going bad. Right. Right? Um, so those things could be happening as well. Um, you know, so... The, the, what, you know, so what are some of the CEOs saying, Carrie? Um, well, we can look at the headlines, all right. Um, Dress Barn, you know, out of business, shutting 650 stores. Ford slashing 7,000 jobs, targeted 7,000 jobs in August. Telsa drops. Um, Kohl's plunges after slashing its guidance. Um, China tariffs could trigger thousands more U.S. store closings. Nike, Adidas call for the catastrophic and open letter to Trump. Um, why 21 giant American brands have disappeared. You know, I'm crying over Mad Magazine, Kurt, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, so, I mean, is it out there? You know, um, is everything as rosy or are things maybe not as rosy, right? Um, Gary Schilling, you know, a very famous, you know, economist, you know, he says we're already in a recession. We don't know it yet. Um, you know, he's the one who called the, the, the last bubble, the real estate bubble, right? Um, so how about this is a Duke University study, Carrie, okay. a founder of Duke, yeah. right? You're, you're not going back to Duke anymore, right? Your son's done? Or? No, in December. Oh, okay. That's what so, I see. Yeah, you have a couple so, more trips. Yeah, yeah a couple yeah. more yeah. this fall. Yeah. Um, that's a four. I went fast. Yeah. yeah. College years Too go fast. fast. I uh, think college years are faster than high school. You did say that at one I time. I warned you. Oh. Um, all right. So Duke University did a study. Okay. Okay. Um, nearly half of the chief financial officers in the United States are predicting the American economy will be in recession by the middle of next year. Hmm. Okay. But that's their opinion, right? And that's about 48%. And 69% of those executives are bracing for a recession by the end of 2020. Hmm. Okay. Um, Maybe it depends on the election. CFOs are growing more certain of a 2020 recession because of the paralyzing consequences of economic and political uncertainty, including trade wars on business. So, oh, so yeah, you know, elect- uh, yeah, you know. basically, it's yeah, the trade wars in the election. Okay, faced with uncertainty, companies may pause by holding off on spending and hiring. That's this, you know, that's what we're right. talking about. That's that balance sheet recession that people talk about, right? Um, 
Let's see. Um, other leading concerns among executives include government policies and economic uncertainty. Okay, now let's see. Um, Projected American economic growth will decelerate to 1.6% in 2020, a sharp slowdown from the, you know, the 3% last year. Right. Okay, so you know, people are saying that's why I think a lot of eyes are looking at the second quarter GDP, right? To get that rolling 12 months. Mm-hmm. Or is the rolling 12 months going up to three or going down to two at this point, mm-hmm. right? That'll be a big, you know, like, you know, be a lot of people will be interested in that. Um, so, you know, but, you know, w- w- you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of indicators that, you know, what could cause the recession. You know, we have an inverted yield curve, carry right? So a lot of people think that's a, a, a sign. Debt, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know if, if people start defaulting on their debt, that is a, is, is a problem, right? And we know that we, you know, not only talking about the government deficits, but, you know, we know Americans are all-time debt highs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, college student loan debt, you know, that Bernie Sanders is going to, you know, uh, forgive, right? Um, we've got the, the credit card debt. We've got, you know, loans. We're all, you know, all of them are, uh, you know, at, at highs. Um, but we also have highs in the stock market. Right. So, you well, know, look at the, yeah, the first six months this year. Um, you know, so, you know, what do you do? Um, well, you hope well, for the best and you plan so, for those contingencies. Right. So this is where sometimes, you know, we talk about building the plan R before you, it really happens. Right. Um, and you know, you could, t- you know, this also, t- a lot of times we talk about coordination of advisors mm-hmm. on this show, right? You know, so who, you know, of the five professionals that may help you build a financial plan, those would be your attorney, uh, uh, maybe a CPA, or a tax preparer, uh, an investment right. advisor, maybe an insurance agent, and a financial planner, right? So we consider ourselves a financial planner. You know, we don't do investments for our clients. We're not attorneys. Um, we don't prepare tax returns in house, right? So, so the the idea is, are they coordinating, right? Now, a lot of times, you know, we, we have this, you know, if, if you talk to the stock guys, right, they're, they're sometimes say, oh, well, you know, they're in like in the Alfred E. Newman camp, right? right. Oh, you know, oh, don't worry about it. You know, just stay the course, right? Um, you know, you can't time it. Um, you, you know, just, you know, sometimes you even hear like, don't even open your 401k statement, right? Right. You know, ju- just, you know, just, you know, put it away and just don't even look at it, you know, the, the uh, and you'll get through it and, and all things shall pass, right? Right. And, and, um, but yeah, that, but maybe I, but, but that's not actionable other than ignoring the problem. That's the the ostrich, the head in the sand, because maybe if my statement's down and I'm worried about it, maybe I want to change, even if it's my 401k, maybe I want to adjust my allocation. Maybe I want to do something. Well, rebalancing is very important. You know, I mean, we were just, you know, and what I mean by coordination advisors, for example, this week I was with uh, our clients and their investment advisor. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what was on my agenda. You know, for having this mid-July meeting, you know, the year's half done. You know, are you are you meeting mid-year with your advisors and a coordinated effort to say, okay, where are we at? Has there been any surprises in the first half right. of the year? Should we do we make any changes for the second half of the year? Right? Go, you know, what else do you got to do in July? Right? By the way, your CPAs are back from their vacation now. Right? They, you know, because they the, the, the tax season ended in April, they went on vacation in May and June. They're back to work. They have nothing to do. Right? Right? They're now they're going to be busy again come October. This mm-hmm. is the time to meet with them. Right? And to say. 
say, okay, hey, we got to review things. You know, what am I, do I have the right withholding going on? Do I have to adjust my third quarter tax estimate? You know, all the coordination of advisors. You know, ju- you know, are you just gonna you know sit on the couch all summer, or are you gonna get something done? Right. right. Um, now, so as I said, no, I think most people are doing more than sitting on the couch. Okay, they're all <laughs> mowing the grass. Right? right. We did a lot of that this spring. Right. Uh, so. So the idea is, um, you know, as I said, this week I was meeting with one of our clients and the investment advisor, and their sixty forty portfolio. Guess what? Is up to seventy thirty now because of the huge advance in the equities. You know, for the six months, right? So it's time to rebalance, right? But let's talk about rebalancing because you know, depending on whether your account is in a IRA or a taxable account right. matters, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if it's in a IRA, all right, you don't necessarily have to worry about what capital gains may be realized if the, if your investment advisor is planning on rebalancing to get you back to your safe, you know, 60-40 or 50-50 or whatever you discussed with him should be your allocation, right? Mm-hmm. Or what he's recommending. Right. The idea is that, you know, he can rebalance in the IRA. It doesn't cause any tax issues, right? Um, But, you know, some clients are saying, well, actually, they're looking forward. If they think perhaps uh, maybe if you're in the camp that thinks the 2020 recession is on board, right, like, you know, Mm -hmm. 69% of the CEOs in this country right now, um, the idea is you're saying, well, Mark, what I'm worried about, if let's say you also have a required minimum distribution carry, right? Right. So they're saying, well, I'm going to hate to take, I'm going to have to sell my stocks to get my required minimum out in a down market. I, Mark, I hate selling my stocks in a down market, you know, and and, and so some some clients carry are kind of looking forward and saying, hey, they're kind of talking to their investment advisors, even if it's an IRA account. And saying, hey, if you're going to rebalance because it's time you want to lock in some gains, right? Right. In the IRA, I'm talking about, we'll talk about the taxable account next, but in the IRA, by the way, don't just reinvest it all. Right. Leave my next year's required minimum in cash. Or short-term bonds, or something. Right. Something that so if the if the economic downturn does happen next year, I don't get the additional pain I, of having to sell those. Low yeah, I'll have the luxury stuff. of saying I have the flexibility to say I'll take my required minimum out of the cash. Okay, so this is kind of you know. So let's have that discussion now. Let's say you've got a taxable account, um, meaning that it, you are going to you know take the capital gains hit if you've got unrealized gains that your investment advisor is going to incur realized gains to rebalance, right? Well, now, you know, maybe you want to, you know, this is where the coordination advisor. So if he says, okay, we've got to get from 70-30 back to our 60-40 or whatever it is, our 60-40 back to our 50-50, whatever, let's get a heads up. And can you throw me a bone here, Mr. Mm -hmm. Investment Advisor, and tell me what is the the short-term, long-term capital gains that I'm going to incur when you do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's add that to the by the by the way. Let's add that to the year to date capital gains that are already in the tank, so to speak. Right. right? Let's add those two together, and just for and, and why don't we give a heads up to our uh, CPA and say, you know, Mister CPA, I don't know, you're, you you have me on, a, especially if he's got you on a current year safe harbor for right. paying in your estimated income taxes, and say, hey, we might have to adjust the third quarter estimate because now we've got you know more you know good information about. What perhaps our capital gains are going to be for this year. Right. You think maybe your CPA may be interested in that. 
Right. And those, Mark, that's a good example of what we help facilitate for our clients, knowing a lot of time people say, well, I would know what to ask or I would know what information each party needs. Right. And so, yeah. And and that's, you know, so that's that's that brainstorming discussion. And that's why you go with a lot of clients to that meeting with the investment advisor or do a three way phone call. Yeah. In today's world. Yeah. As simple as a three way phone call. Right. Uh, um, And, you know, now and 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 if you now some now some of you who have those taxable accounts, you don't you don't you know your monthly statement is reporting the realized gain loss. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even know where to find that carry right. Well, you know yeah. um, now now I'm not saying that every brokerage statement has that. You know no. the good it, ones. It might do. be buried in those eighteen double sided pages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know your investment advisor told you not to open those statements anyway. Right. right? Um, but you know but the other but the, the other point is if you don't see it there, uh, call the phone and ask your investment advisor. Hey, right. can you can you run me a year-to-date realized gain loss report yeah technology is there to do that right um so sometimes they just have to push a button and send you the report right okay but if you don't ask them they don't know if you're at home you know thinking about this mm-hmm. all right um so it's it, so that's that coordination of advisors you know so it, and and again it's 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 you know so rebalancing is a, a way that you're not timing it, Carrie. You're not saying I'm 100 percent sure that the recession is going to be this year, next year, or the following year. All you're saying is that I, I because of this huge run in equities, I'm over. I'm over at risk. You know, I, my equity position has gone higher than what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So let's rebalance back to my level, lock in those gains. But I, but I, like I said, but let's also keep aware of what it's doing to you tax wise, right? And it's that idea of saying. If you know the other thing too is in a rebalancing, if your cash reserve, because we also talk about you know having a nice cash reserve to protect you in the next economic downturn. Mm-hmm. The same, the same idea. In other words, you know it, it, what big uh, you know out of pocket purchases are you planning in the next two to three years? Maybe it's that trip to Hawaii. Maybe it's that you know new home or, or you know whatever it is. The idea is you know what we've seen over the decades is that sometimes our clients, when they see the the, the headlines go negative they shut down right they cancel their trip they cancel their you know kitchen right. remodel they they put they put their whole life on hold right because they're making a knee-jerk reaction and saying well or they're just saying i refuse to sell my stocks in a down market right or they're worried because they don't know the long-term effect and that's the value of taking the time to have this plan r right it's and, saying this is how i just or maybe i don't need to postpone right but but having a cash reserve will say okay with the plan r carry right. but the cash reserve is saying i don't have to sell my stocks in the down market right because i've put enough into a cash reserve to cover it right and that's what we do as far as cash flow planning it's it's you know people when they have sometimes a big pile of money it's saying how much do you put in the short term or moderate or long term for those things that come up? And that's why having a good detailed price tags and time frames, not that those things change, built into the long term plan, you anticipate you're not just always looking at this year, you're saying what's coming next year because you may want to 
you know, generate the income you need in one year for early for the next because it's tax efficient or because you're worried about those issues. I mean, that's a good example of what the estate planning team does. We've been doing it a very long time. We've offered a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation to see if and how our process may be appropriate for you and what value and benefit we can bring or provide to you. And again, we have retainer and hourly options and planning can benefit estates of many sizes. People continue to ask that question. We have estates that are a few hundred thousand and we have estates that are millions. So it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish and um, what issues you want to address. And you can call us or email us or contact us through the website for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for, you said, Carrie, a long time, actually yeah, over 34, 34 years. years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time, and we don't tell you to ask your neighbor what they're doing, right? So, And that's the other thing. You, know, you have to sharpen your own elbows when we talk about this type of planning. You know, it's not your parents' plan. You know, it's not your coworkers' plan. It's not your neighbor's plan. You know, I don't know what their concerns are. I don't know what their balance sheet is. I don't know what their pension is, right? Yeah, it's like don't make those elections. Oh, because yeah, my coworker who retired a month before made the same one. <laughs> so well, maybe the, your coworker didn't have the same options either. So you want to, you know, you want to build your own financial plan, and and you want a model that you can understand. Um, that's why, you know, a lot of people, you'll hear one of those five advisors we mentioned say, oh, it's easy to build a financial plan. Um, well, maybe is easy if you've done a thousand of them, right. right? But if you've never done one before, you know, I don't know how easy it is. Um, can you just read the textbook? Well, the textbook's going to be very generalized, right? It's, it's not going to be very specific. So you have to, you know, the, the textbooks and today's world, that's just looking it up on Google, right? Um, or, you know, mm-hmm. Wikipedia or whatever. But, you know, that is going to be somewhat generic and that might not be, you know, customized enough to leave you in a real decision making mode. You know, sometimes, you know, when we have a new client come in and they've been struggling with a financial decision that, you know, they, they, they've done those Google things, but right. they still haven't made a decision. Now, to us, that's, that 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 indicates that they don't have enough, not they don't have enough numbers crunching that or enough customization to make a decision. They're still, you know, what they read out there on the internet, the you know, the DIY I call that, right. the do-yourself internet, that they still just don't, they can't make a decision. Um, and that's why, you know, sometimes that just comes with, you know. Uh, not having enough empirical data based on your own circumstances. Um, so, so you know, the, the, so coordination of advisors. So if you're, you know, if you're going to say, well, um, yeah, building a plan. In other words, we're not timing it. So this is not the same discussion with your investment advisor about your risk allocation, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, that is a discussion you need to have with your investment advisor, right. whether you should be 70, 30, 60, 40, 50, right. 50, or whatever. And he can talk to you about rebalancing if he's not talking about that. But that's, they may still, they may be in the Alfred E. Newman camp. 
and say right. you all, you know, and, and that's okay. In other words, I'm not, I'm not trying to time it. I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to be smart enough to get you out of equities the day before the recession. Right. Okay. Um, it's just what we're doing in the financial modeling is modeling it in. In other words, just giving you the peace of mind that, you know, we, you know, we've done the things that we've done for the long term. You know, we were properly allocated to our risk. We know that the, the projected rate of return on that allocation is built into our financial plan. So our plan is running fine based on that, you know, 5% rate of return, for example, right? All we're doing is we're saying, okay, now that's plan A. Now we're going to do, you know, we're going to build a plan R and we're just going to assume an economic downturn in the next two to three years. So maybe, you know, again, we're going to assume maybe a uh, 12 to 14 percent loss in 2020. Or maybe you want to say it's going to start in 2020. We're going to have a 7 percent loss in 2020, a 7 percent loss in 2021, then zero. Then the following year will maybe a two and a half. And then the following year, we're back to our five. So we're not timing it. We're not going to try to go out of equities. You know, all we're doing is saying we're going to see how that would affect the longevity of your plan. Okay. Um, does that put you in jeopardy? Sometimes in cases, we it does. Sometimes. And, and, and especially if you were planning on retiring. In the same year. In that year that that economic downturn happens. In other words, you were going to stop your accumulation phase of your lifetime mm-hmm. and start a distribution phase. Because we, you know, that's what we learned in the lost decade is sequence of returns. In other words, if in, you know, that we have these economic downturns right in the year where you started taking money out of your nest egg because you don't have one of those pensions in retirement, right? Your pension is coming from your 401k, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and, or your investment advisor told you not to take the pension payout to do a lump sum and he would invest it in an IRA for you and you're golden. Right. But, you know, if you start taking out distribution, in a year we have an economic downturn sequence of returns that's the problem because that's a much different projection than if you don't have losses in the beginning of that withdrawal right um so you know that's what we're modeling in just to see what it would look like if that happens now that doesn't necessarily affect your life that year what we're really looking for is we're expanding your, you know, we're not worried about that, you know, day that it happens or that year it happens. You don't run on money that year. Right? right. What we're saying is, is, you know, does what does that how does that affect the longevity of your plan? So let's say your plan A, you, you know, your peace of mind is that, you know, the money wasn't running out before age 90 or 95. Right. Do I hear 100? You know, what do you want it to be? You know, don't ask your neighbor what they want it to be. Right. What do you want it to be, right? Um, so, you know, the idea is whatever you, you built your plan A on, now we want to say, okay, we're assuming that that's working, right? Right. Because if plan A isn't working, we're not done with plan A yet. Right. Okay. Now, so assuming the plan A is projected to work, right? Okay, now we're building the plan R. We're, we're modeling in this economic downturn, and we want to see if it's still working. Or, you know, if it's not lasting to age 95, how long is it lasting? To age 94? Age 93? Okay, I'm still in the ballpark. Or if it's a lot shorter, maybe you 85? need... 85? Maybe we got an issue. But then you can come back and say, if I dis- cut discretionary spending by 10%, 20%, what are the things that I need to do 
to make it last? Do I have to work longer or yeah? How but, much longer? Right. You know, do, do I do I need to work full time or can for, I quit my normal job and can I get something earning thirty forty thousand a year versus the, my high? Yeah. Especially for high wage earners, we have a lot of people that encore career. We, we have previous shows on our podcast at fi- if you go to financialfoodforthought.com and click on the podcast now on our website, it'll take you to the link for previous shows. We have a lot of people that have maybe worked full time. They've been with the company. They are just tired of doing what they've done for so long and they're tired of the long hours they want to do something else so you can model that in saying hey if i wanted to retire then i don't mind necessarily working i just don't want to work 50 60 hours anymore right so so we we can go down so once you you know and that's the idea once you've got that you know plan a built okay now you can you you have the vehicle to drive down these other pathways right and say okay um you know what? If, so if the plan R is jeopardizing the longevity, so you are worried about it. All right, what do we do? What you know? And like you're saying, well, we just you know we you know it's not the idea. It's like a light switch on or off. It doesn't mean you can never go to Hawaii. It doesn't mean you have to work forever. It just means well, how much discretionary spending do I need to cut? Like right. you're saying, five percent, or or maybe another way of saying, oh, well, I, I can only have that winter getaway. I was planning ten years in retirement of winter getaways. I can only do eight now. Right. Or maybe I was planning on $10,000 travel. Maybe I have to cut it back to 7500 or 6000 right. Doesn't It's not an all or nothing sometimes right. it, approach. It, see, and that's why I think too many people make mistakes. They do, it, you know, especially the do-it-yourselfers, they, they go out and they build one financial model and then they put it in a sock drawer for 30 years and think that, oh, 30 years later, it's going to be just like this. Uh, and we have a, a group of clients that said, oh, I got a financial plan through my investment person or online tools or... Um, some big names. And that's really just where we get started. It's only our step one is where that was their final product, which I think is there's a big difference. And the other idea is, you know, you know, and and again, it's one of our, you know, sayings at the state planning team, we understand all models are wrong, but some are useful Mm -hmm. and put you in a decision making mode. And the idea is when you really learn the discipline of financial planning and building, you know, um, you know, formal you know, uh, financial plans, you know, where your goals and objectives are formalized, you know, they are written out, they are, they are uh, prioritized, they are clarified with price tags and timeframes. And you, you have these building blocks, it's building up your whole plan. It leaves you, you know, it gives you the vehicle that you can make these what if scenarios, but you understand now the consequences. You understand, well, what does it mean? How much travel do I have to cut back? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how bad could this recession be? Or am I taking on too much risk? Right. You know, sometimes we let the robot figure out what rate of return you need to be okay. Right. And then we have that conversation with the investment person is saying, does your allocation match what your planning is? Because sometimes people are taking on more risk than mm-hmm. they need to to accomplish what they need. Now, to. you had mentioned earlier, Carrie, that, that you know, in, in the 2016 election, everybody in America thought the same thing. That was the funny part about it. Everyone in America thought that if their candidate for president didn't win, the market was going to crash. Right. So was everybody right or was everybody wrong? Right. Because everybody thought the same thing. Right. Because a lot of our maintenance clients, because we have a maintenance program, because you need to keep it updated and active, 
you know, that when we in January, we're sending the net worth update. Usually we wait for the tax return. People were worried. So they wanted to see the plan before that and what adjustments needed to be made. Right. So at what happened in 2016, Trump won. We thought, you know, that night we saw the the futures go way down by morning. It was way back up. The market didn't crash. Right. But but some of our clients were building their plan R thinking that it was going to happen in 2016. But at least they knew what would happen. Yeah. But so what happened? They didn't have it in 2016. They didn't happen in 2017. So the downside is they're ahead of plan right now. Are they really concerned about that? See, it, it, we learned this from the Depression kids. You know, the Depression kids grew up their whole lives thinking that the next Depression was happening next year. Right. Because of that, they never overextended in debt. They, they you know, they, they watched their money, and, and, they, always, and they had a great retirement. Right. It's the same thing. By building in the plan R, even if, the, even if you're saying, I think it's going to happen in 2020, 2021, 2022, whenever, if it doesn't happen, that just means you're going to be ahead of a plan that year. In other words, you, you, we're not really doing anything. We're just trying to model in. And so right. we just push it out a year and say, okay, it didn't happen in this year. I'm still good if I just push it out a year. So in other words, uh, by now at this point, the majority of our client plans have the next economic downturn modeled in. Right. And those are things that we help people with so that if it does happen, you know what decisions need to make and you're not panicking and you're not making those quick decisions that sometimes are detrimental. And the estate planning team offers a free consultation. We also have our fall planning classes posted on the website. Call us for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. We can get back to you on Monday. Just leave a message where, or if you send an email, we'll get back to you um, through that method. But that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. It's not too early to get on the schedule. We're still scheduling in July, August, and we have people scheduled in September because they're just waiting till after summer. And... All right. Got a few minutes left here. All right. So what's your feeling, Carrie? 2020 recession? 2021? I, I don't know. Trump re-election? I hope so. Um, you heard a lot of, you know, I, I mean, although I'm honestly just tired of politics, I mean, I can't imagine okay, what, well, what I'm 20, not done with politics this morning. I, I'm to, no, I'm talking about, can you imagine how 2020 is going to be inundated with, uh, the politicians? It's going to be painful. Back to German phone. You know this voice here. Oh, Listen to the glottal fry when I say um, So I, I kind of yeah. wanted to dig in today with you a little bit about this relationship between unemployment rates and inflation. Uh, in early 2014, the Federal Reserve believed that the long-run unemployment rate was around 5.4%. In early 2018, it was estimated this was now around lower, around 4.5%. This is, of course, uh, a Now the estimate is around 4.2%. What is the current unemployment rate today? 3.7%. 3.7%. So what we had previously uh, thought of, perhaps as, as, as far back as 2014, as a long-run unemployment rate is around um, 5.4%. What we're currently experiencing is 3.7%. Lower, lower She's than actually that bringing estimate. out an interesting uh, topic. Unemployment has fallen about three full points since 2014, but inflation is no higher today than it was five years ago. Uh, Given these facts, do you think it's possible that the Fed's estimates of the lowest sustainable Ooh, unemployment rate may have been too high? Absolutely. <laughs> there you go, Okay. So we overshot in 
unemployment rate is. I think we've learned, as you pointed out, I think we've learned uh, that you can't identify it's something stuff, you can't right? identify directly. I think we've learned that it's lower than we thought, substantially lower than we thought. See, it's always yes. different. And I've, I've been seeing lately that economists are increasingly worried that the idea of a Phillips curve what? that links unemployment and inflation she's talking, she's, is no longer She must have a Boston University economic book 101 considering Phillips that, curve. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, very much so. We spend a, a great deal of time on that. The, the connection between... Um, slack in the economy or the level of, of unemployment and inflation was very strong if you go back 50 years and it's gotten weaker and weaker and weaker to the point where it's it's um it's a faint heartbeat that you can hear now it's still there you can see it at the state level data and things like that but so you know why she had to go back to her economic you know the phillips so is the phillips curve dead you know i don't know you know if she was studying the phillips curve in college but i know this carry her co-eds were studying her curves remember she was yeah. dancing in oh, that yeah. viral video on youtube on top of the university building yeah. um but whatever so she believes that the phillips curve is gone okay and that that's going to lead to a, you know, you can hear a lot about this being discussed, you know, is, you know, did, are these Fed people, the Fed chairman and his colleagues getting it wrong? In other words, they were very concerned that, you know, that the unemployment could never be as low as it is. And that would cause, that's what the Phillips curve says. If right. unemployment goes too low, inflation goes way up. Well, it hasn't happened. You know, the right. Fed is still stymied. And why inflation isn't above 2%. You know, that's a big problem. Right. That's part of the wealth gap. That's part of what you're going to hear in the president election of who can fix that. You know, in other right. words, are the old Phillips curve and some of the old models broken? It's different this time. And, you know, it's going to lead to a discussion of raising the minimum wage. Right? Oh. I've got a feeling that you're right. going to hear a lot more about we shouldn't be afraid of getting a required or a minimum wage up to $15 an hour because it's not going to lead to this demise. Right, right. But also in places where you raise the $15 an hour, where studies have done, companies will get rid of workers. Uh, like the one McDonald's had more, guess what, robots doing the orders. Yeah. <laughs> we need the robots. All right. So, anyway, so if you are wondering, if you are worried, and you can't get a consensus from the headlines you're reading that when is this economic downturn, and you're at home worried about it, meaning that you don't know if you can retire in the next two to three years, or you don't know if you can buy that new house or vacation home or go to Hawaii or help your uh, college kids out with their student loans or perhaps your grandchildren's college student loans, have you built your plan R? In other words, do you have any empirical data based on your goals, your objectives, your numbers that shows you if we have this downturn, are you going to be okay? It'll, it'll be the discipline so you rebalance your portfolio, you'll get your cash reserve, now you'll be able to sleep at night. All right, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.